podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, Grant KSU here. Just going to talk to you real quick about the Patreon that we launched this week. It is live now. You can head over there and subscribe if you wish. Um, it's got three tiers. The first tier is $2 a month. That tier is just going to help us out with general funding towards the show. Um, if you like us, you listen to us, we would love it. Love it if you could subscribe to that one and just, you know, help us out, keep the show going, help us make it a little bit better. Uh, the second tier is $4 a month. This tier gets you an extra episode a month and a new logo koozie. So that's 12, um, episodes a year extra that you get and no one else gets unless they subscribe with you. And our last tier is one of the boys. That's $10 per month. This tier gets you an extra episode a month, a new logo koozie, an exclusive t-shirt, and you get to make a guest appearance on the show and help us out with one of our segments. So just go over there and check it out. I would recommend getting the app if you're going to do it. Um, I subscribe to several different uh, Patreons um, just through the app, or you, I guess you could go to the website and just go to patreon.com and search Bosco's Boys. Thanks, guys. Check it out. It's the moment of the evening Every K-State fan enjoys Settle down and pour a whiskey Crack open a LaCroix Please put your hands together And make a little noise For your favorite wildcatters The handsome Bosco Boys Ooh, Bosco's Boys Come on, boys The boys are back, and we are at episode 101. And before we get into it, as always, be sure to check out my bookie for all your online gambling needs. Use promo code BOYS for your deposit bonus. And if you're trying to see some football this fall, go to SeatGeek. Use promo code ACAA to get your $20 off. And we are back. We're going to jump into the episode. We are following up Michael Bishop with the one man who probably has more worldwide notoriety than him that also wore the power cat. He is the new star of VH1's most popular reality show that airs on Monday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Zach Dials is on with us. Zach, how are you doing today? Uh, that's too kind. That's too kind. I'll Venmo you your money here in a little bit for that intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I'm glad I could uh, do it justice. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about everything from uh, your football career to now you're on VH1. But more importantly, I just want to thank you for uh, spending some time with us. And, uh, you know, it's great to talk to you via Skype instead of just seeing you right on the message boards over at KSO. No, it's my pleasure, man. It's uh, I, I see you guys' posts all the time, and I've listened to your guys' podcast and your show, so I'm excited to be on. That's very kind of you. Let's just get right into it then. <clears throat> Let's do it. Let's do it. So you came to K-State after two years at Fresno City College in the California Junior College system. What was it that made you come to K-State in Manhattan, Kansas? I mean, man, it's uh, so – like, honestly, to keep it real, to keep it 100, you know, K-State was my dream school. It became my dream school around, like, my junior year of high school because, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Randy Jordan. He played at K-State from 2002 sure, to 2003. Sure. So so Randy and I went to high school with each other. And, and Randy, I'm from a small town in California, right? So, and Randy 
at that time was the best football player I'd ever seen in my life. Y'all don't realize, like, Randy, his senior year, had 13 interceptions, returned nine for touchdowns, 38-inch vertical, ran a 10-400-4-3-4. I mean, stupid athletic, you know, and and he was the best player in our in our region, and, you know, he ended up going to junior college, and so when he transferred out of junior college to Kansas State, it was something that was different, you know, for me and, and from the area that I'm from because, you know, we had a really – we had a lot of talent in my area, but we just never got a lot of love because we're in a small town. So, I mean, we had California's leading rusher state championship. I mean, he broke state records and he couldn't get a scholarship past UNLV. You know, my brother went to Fresno state. Uh, we had another guy, you know, go to Boise state. So those were the school in Nevada. Those were the only schools that came to my area. Right. So, so when like Randy went to K state, it was different. And so now I got to see something different. And I remember they, you know, since we're West Coast, they would only show West Coast games. So in 2002, I got to watch the the USC game. And, you know, and USC at that time was like the big dog in California. And I watched K-State beat USC. And that shit was like, oh, my God, like, who, what is this? Like, what is going on here? Who are these, you know, and I was like, and Randy's out there. Like, that's crazy. That's, you know, he's from where I'm from. And so that just kind of progressed, you know, in 2003, you know, the story, rest is history, you guys, uh, K-State wins the, you know, uh, Big 12 championship against Oklahoma. I'm watching that game, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I want to go there. Like, I want to go there. That's where I want to go to school. But, you know, then I ended up going to junior college, Fresno City. Um, you know, after my freshman year, I was actually committed to Utah. So, um, you know, Urban Meyer came, hey, shit, you know, this guy, let's, let's give him a scholarship. I committed and then literally the day before signing day in 2005, you know, after he had left to go to Florida, uh, the new coaching staff at Utah pulled my scholarship the day before signing day, like literally. So I'm sitting in Fresno, like I'm first team all everything, you know, like, oh, my God, like, and now I have nowhere to go. And, you know, this was February, March, April, May goes by. I'm sitting in Fresno. I'm working at this place called John's Incredible Pizza, making balloon animals for little kids' birthdays and shit. And I'm like, this is not okay. And it was funny, bro. Um, <clears throat> the day K-State came, uh, I was sitting on my – because I lived with my brother. I'm sitting on the couch, and I told him to text his coach and let him know I'm going to walk on to Fresno State. I was like, bro, I don't got no other options. It's May. I'm going to walk on to Fresno State. And as soon as he picks up his phone, my phone rings. It's my coach at Fresno City. And I'm like, yo, Coach see what's going on? He's like, hey, bud, where you at? I'm like, I'm at home. He's like, hey, well, the recruiting coordinator, one of the recruiters from Kansas State's in the office. We're looking at your tape. Get your ass down there. I'm like, what? Like, yo, shit, Awan, hang up the phone. My brother's name's Awan. He's like, hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. I got down. I did like 100 push-ups, put on a tank top. You know, I try to look super big. <laughs> I was like, this is my moment. Like, this is this is this is my moment. I walked in and Bucky's sitting in there. Bucky Miller, he's sitting in there uh, with my coach watching the tape. And next, you know, a few days later, I got, you know, Coach Snyder on the phone. Hey, hey son, how you doing? This is Phil Snyder. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, oh, shit. You know, I just want to let you know we're going to give you a full scholarship. I was like, oh, God, this is, you know, so like it was kind of like just like a, a dream come true for me. So you come to K-State, you were there in 05 and 06. What was it like coming into K-State football, uh, you know, coming off of, you know, Bill's, you know, kind of downturn and uh, being there in those final, you know, final games under the Bill Snyder era 1.0? Yeah, so like you said, I got there in 05 when it was already, you know, the block was already hot, so to speak. So, like, I pull up on this. Mind you, I never took a trip there 
Um, I signed my scholarship in, you know, late May. And two weeks later, my mom and I drove to Manhattan. And that was the first time I'd ever seen K-State. So I get there in June and, and you know, now you're around. It's just the fellas out there. And, and the environment was already kind of, you know, from the guys who had already been there because the previous season was on a decline. And then, and then you know, Coach Snyder in 05, he kind of put the clamps down a lot more. And I walked, like, right into this. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, like, all right. Like, this is interesting. But... Um, you know, it was, there was, there was a lot of interesting moments out there that year. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, it takes two to tango. I'm not going to say like guys weren't, you know, you know, doing, you know, we're doing everything they were supposed to do, but, you know, in terms of like disciplinary, act, disciplinary actions, it was very, very extreme to the, to, you know, I mean, to say the least. And, you know, I'm coming from, like, I have a lot of friends at that time that are at different division one schools. So like you talk to your other friends and you're like, yo, What's going? Do you guys have? Did this happen to y'all? And, and to a T, like, nah, nope, 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 nope. So you're like, it was a different set of rules for sure. <laughs> you know, what, what we were going through, but it is what it is. How did you find out he was retiring for the first time, and what was your reaction? <sighs> we had a meeting. Um, like they literally put us in a team meeting, and you know he came in there, and it was a it was a closed meeting. And, you know, he came in, he told uh, told the whole team, you know, after this, it was like right before the Missouri game. And, um, you know, he kind of just told us what was going on and what his plans were for the future. And it was a mixed reaction in the room, of course. You know, some guys were, you know, excited. Some guys were sad. And it was just, uh, it was interesting. You know, it was, it was a lot going on. <laughs> so how different was that year with Ron Prince versus the year with Bill Snyder? Well, Ron, you know, when he came in, you know, that was that was a dream job for him, you know, and he's from Junction City and he's coming into his his dream job. So his first year there, it was it was way more chill, kind of more, you know, more relaxed because he was trying to still get his bearings, his feet wet and, you know, gain the respect of the players and things like that. So. Like uh, my senior year with Ron, it was it was cool because also we had a really cool coaching staff. You know, Raheem at the time was like 29 years old. So he he, you know, <clears throat> he he was in there. He was cool. Um, you know, Coach Franklin, you know, we had a bunch of younger guys some brothers in there who who could relate to us and stuff like that. that You can go talk to. And, you know, I remember for my 21st birthday, Raheem, you know, he came. We 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 kicked it at the UC and, you know, it was it was a cool environment, you know. So we, he, he brought in a coaching staff that kind of made it a really, really good environment. We've had a little bit of a microscopic look at how Ron Prince ran the football program from both Reggie Walker and Ian Campbell. Um, but from your side, you know, what was your perspective of Ron and why was it, you know, that he ultimately didn't get the wins versus the right teams and had the program kind of collapse around him? Man, it's it's weird, dude. I don't know. Um, you know, my like I said, my experience compared to, you know, Reggie and Ian's is just going to be a lot different because I only had him for one season. You know, those guys had him for, you know, three years. So, like I said, my senior year with Ron, he wasn't he didn't he wasn't kind of you know i heard the stories of what was going on but at the same time you know it was more like like i said he was more trying to gain the respect of the guys his first year and i'm being a senior and things like that like we had a few we had our moments you know we we had we had a few moments where it was like what the hell like who are you talking to like hey i'm gonna need you to chill out like right now like stop that that is not happening you know and it, it was it was interesting but then we beat texas that year and I kind of think that, you know, because they were number four in the country at that time. And, 
And, you know, we beat them after losing to, like, Mizzou a few weeks earlier, but we beat Texas, and then the next week we lose to KU. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, it was just a tale of two teams. It's, you know, their, the preparation was all the same, but I feel like when we, it just kind of, like, played down to kind of the level of our opponents sometimes. And and uh, even in Missouri, Missouri was really good that year. I'm not going to lie, but, like, KU should have, you know, even though they were on the, you know, Incline at that point, you know, with the you know the key to leaves and shit of the world, but it's like, dude, like, still, we should have never lost to KU. That shit's dumb. And Baylor that year, like, we lost to Baylor, bro. Like, we didn't even score a touchdown against Baylor. That was like the first time in like Big Twelve history a team didn't score a touchdown against Baylor. That shit was sad. <laughs> well, and what's crazy about that year, if you do beat that bad Baylor team and a KU team, you could have beat. That would have ended up being like a nine-win season, bro. Like we were. Like, we were a legit nine wins. Like, I look back at that year because, you know, Scott, our videographer, he sent me all the games from that year, and I went back and watched. I mean, you you even look at that Louisville game. We were strapping them boys on defense, but our offense was just coming along very slow at the beginning of the year. But, like, I look at that Louisville game, and I'm like, dude, there's no way we should have lost to Louisville. And they were a top 25 team that year. And I'm like, dude, we were strapping them boys on defense. But, you know, it's just our offense was kind of late to click, and – and it was just very inconsistent at that time, you know. And so, but yeah, we were legit like a nine, ten win football team that season. There's, I look back at it, you know, to lose to win seven games, but lose to like Baylor and KU, and then in like the depth of my heart, I like like Missouri beat our ass. Like there's there's just no like Missouri, they whooped our ass. That's that's just is what it is. They beat us, and I forgot who what other team on Nebraska that year. They they that's just you got to take those ills. They got us, but. Other games, this is kind of like a, a salty taste. <laughs> so I brought up Reggie Walker. Um, you know, we're big fans of him. We spent some time with him. Do you have any funny stories that we can tease Reggie about next time we get him on? Hey, Reg, Reg, God, like, what can, like, <laughs> I remember because Reggie and I came in the same year. You know, he, I was just a junior. He was a freshman. So just... There's, you know, Reggie was always about his business, man. Like, honestly, when he got there, because you got to understand, Reggie was like the first true freshman to play under Bill Snyder on the defensive side of the ball, like, in a very long time, especially especially playing linebacker. Like, that shit just didn't happen under Bill. So Reggie's mind frame when he got to K-State was, like, it was was impressive to watch him. I think the coaching transition really affected Reggie a lot. You know, it's not like – he didn't fuck with Ron, but just he had a really, really, really strong relationship with Coach Snyder. Like, did we lose him? Did, did I cut out? Nope, dials cut out. Hello. My bad. My my controller turned off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, you're... he's doing this on Xbox. <laughs> my, my controller turned off. But yeah, I think that's oh, that... what affected Reggie the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the the co- the coaching change. I think affected Reggie a lot because he had a really really uh, strong relationship with Coach Snyder. And then when Ron came in, they just you know they clashed a lot, especially like that sophomore year. His, you know, there was a few moments when Reggie and and, and Coach Prince went at it his sophomore year, and that kind of just set the tempo for the rest of his career at K State under Ron. Well, we're we're uh, big front fans of uh, Reggie, and I think we're going to get him on here in a couple weeks. So uh, we'll have to let him know that you say hey, and maybe we can get you guys both on for a little reunion at some point. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. Let me know. Hundred <laughs> percent. 
Let me know. So, uh, oh yeah, we we love Reggie. We uh, shut down uh, some bars in the crossroads the first time he came on. So, <laughs> Re- Reggie likes to have a good time, and we love him for yeah. it. So, uh, <laughs> you had it. Yeah, you ended up having a very long NFL career, almost double the average, especially for a defensive player. What's one thing you look back on during your time in the NFL that you're most proud of? Oh man, it was just you know, the grind of it. It's you know that's that's what makes it you know special. You know, making it through like a training. Camp. I was a seventh round pick, you know, and you know I, I I made the team my first year. At that time, I was the lowest round pick to you know ever make the team outright outright without putting being put on you know practice squad or something like that. So. You know, it's just the, the grind of it and just, you know, making it through that. And, and then, you know, by year two, I was a starter. And not only was I starting, I was playing at a very, very high level on that football. I was leading our team in, in tackles. Um, after week eight, I had just picked off Peyton Manning. I had a sack, cost fumble. But then, you know, I broke my leg, you know, in practice. So my season ended. And, you know, I didn't play in eight games that year. And I still ended second on the team in tackles. So, you know, and, and then your rehab, come back. So it's just... It just shows, you know, you're, you're, you're battle tested and, you, you know, you can go through anything because, you know, every year they drafted somebody in my position to come take my spot, you know, and then every year that individual is backing me up. You know? So it's kind of like, you know, you just battle tested and just know you can just make it through anything. So out of all, the, out of all like the high profile players, you are one of, if not the most vocal and active, you know, you're an active fan of K-State football, which oh, yeah. I think is kind of unique. Um to see a former player be that passionate about and that vocal about the team that they used to play on. What is it that makes you, you know, such a passionate fan following the team that you left? It was just, it's like I said, like, you know, it's, it leaves a bitter taste in my mouth that, you know, in, in my two years there, it was, you know, it was kind of like, it wasn't up to standard because the case that I grew to love and I watched on TV, like I said, and, you know, the 0203, I'm watching, you know, K-State win 11 games a year and, and, you know, dominate people. And so, like, I know what we're capable of doing, you know, and but we had the athletes out there. I remember, you know, I could watch Josh Bill, Brian Hickman, you know, Rashad uh, uh, Washington out there. And, you know, I'm watching these guys run around and make plays. Randy, you know, L. Roberson, Darren Spro- And you're like, oh, shit, like, they got players at every position. Who's this Justin Swift dude making crazy catches? Like, you know, it's like I'm watching this shit, and then all of a sudden you see the transition. It's like, look, we had athletes. Like, we're not, you know, we can get guys here. It just got to a point where it became like, it, you know, you know, the, our recruiting philosophies changed and, and, you know, it, I'm watching this now as I'm retired, I have a little more time to, you know, dive into these things. And I started kind of like paying attention to it. I'm like, Oh no, 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 this is not okay. And, and then knowing how, you know, coach Schneider was because I, I, I lived through, you know, the Oh five transition and how it started to decline and how he kind of is. And I was like, Oh, these kids are having a horrible time right now because you can just see our attrition rate starting to pile up. And I'm like, I know why this is happening because, you know, Bill is who he is. He's, he, he's going to stick to his guns and what, you know, and what got him to where he's at and adjusting to, to newer t- times and techniques. Just, he just wasn't going to do that. And I'm sitting here with the perspective of knowing what it's like having, you know, coach Snyder at one at when things aren't going well. And I'm like, and it's, and it's and then it became obvious when these kids started leaving. I'm like, oh God, this isn't okay. And then we just weren't we just weren't beating good teams. 
you know, teams we used to to beat badly where we're barely scratching out victories, but it's like, okay, yeah, we win eight, nine games a year, but the teams that we used to destroy are now, you know, Iowa State, you know, last second of the game we win. Uh, Texas Tech, we're, li- we're winning going to overtime. It took a, you know, a, a kickoff return against KU to beat them. So it's like 2017 could have easily been like a four or five win season, you know, and then we go to play UCLA and yeah, we win. But at some, at one point we were down 14 points to a team with an interim coach, the first team quarterback who was, a, you know, I look at the, I look at shit like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, we, we sh- this should not be happening to us. And <laughs> it's like, all right. And I just, I just can't, I just didn't like it. And, you know, <laughs> said my piece about it. So that kind of brings me ne- to the next question. Uh, you're an active member over on Case Online's message boards. I'm addicted to the message boards, and I hate myself for it. How are you able to put yourself through dealing with all the idiots over there? And uh, and you actually know what you're talking about. I just like to pretend I do. So I don't <laughs> even know how you deal with all that. And that's why, because I know what I'm talking about, you know, and that's – and not only did I have a, a vantage point of, you know, college football, I had a vantage point of NFL football. So I know how big businesses ran. I know how things work. And, you know, my brother is a, a high school football coach out here in Los Angeles, a state championship winning high school football coach. So I'm around recruiting all the time. I see how other teams do. And my, my biggest thing when I started getting kind of like more vocal about it is, you know, there was a guy at my brother's school named Stanley Tuafu who was an complete animal. And, you know, I, I put, you know, Blake on him back in 2016. They offered him and he just signed with USC. And it's like and after they offered him, they legit did not speak to this kid. Not one time in two years. And I'm it got to, like in that post I put, you know, and, you know, I posted him on my my Twitter and, you know, I get a response like, who is this guy? Like, what the fuck? This You guys have offered this dude. Like, you don't know who this is. Like, this is crazy. Like, what is going on? on over there like you wonder why we can't stack up talent you guys don't even you're, what are you doing like this, how often do you think that happens people being offered without i mean that happens a lot often. It, it was happening it was happening quite often with us you know what I mean? it's like they i guess they looked at us off i don't know what it was and but it's kind of like like how do you expect these kids to to you know gain any kind of trust with y'all if you're not talking to them like literally handing this like we i have a good relationship with these kids i'm around them all the time and it's like dude this is i'm kind of like handing you like a platter right now and like literally just talk to these kids like if you do that i'll do my end part over here on my end and but i can only do so much if you don't actively talk to these kids so i started seeing that and then you start seeing and i'm like oh and what happened was like after that 2017 oklahoma game that's when it kind of hit me it's like oh my god like we aren't good uh you know we were winning by 21 points going into halftime are 17 and then literally in the second half Oklahoma put up 31 points on us they literally scored a point every minute of the second half and it was like oh shit like we we don't stack up against good teams and that's when it kind of just like you start diving into our recruiting and shit I'm like no we're not good <laughs> like okay yeah it looks good that we win but we we don't beat good teams and then you look at it we're one in 22 versus ranked opponents in the last five years like how can you sit here and say that we're good when the measuring stick of being good is beating good teams and we don't do that. So, and I'm just vocal about it. I'm not, I'm sure this is what it is. Like, it's like, come on, tighten up. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. You look at One our month. record against uh, ranked opponents and you really can't argue with that. Sorry to cut you off, Scott. You can jump back no, in. You're, 
No, you're fine. I just wanted to touch on one more thing about uh, the K-State online message boards. Uh, how how flabbergasted were you when that one guy went on a month-long campaign trying to claim you weren't actually Zach Niles? <laughs> Bro, where he was like, what did you eat at breakfast? What did the hotel? I'm like, you have got to be. So you know <laughs> – so, you know, one, I'm like, bro, you know how many hotels I've been in since 2005, bro? Like, like I've played, I, you know, I played eight years in the league where I'm in hotels. I've been in hundreds of hotels since that moment. You think I recollect like one moment back in 2005? Like you probably talked to somebody on the team that you knew that after college football, that was it for them. So they remember everything vividly that happened in college, bro. Like, I don't remember what I ate for breakfast 15 years ago, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you serious? What did, what did Coach Snyder say in the meeting when I was like, you have got, like, bro, you got too much time in your hands, fam. You really do. Stop. We're going we're gonna to touch on your show on VH1, Love and Licks, Listings, here in a second. But is it true that uh, a time or two you were caught on camera browsing uh, KSO? I, I was. <laughs> we, did a, we did a scene. Um, at the end of it, I kind of put on like the MLS, but at the beginning of it, I had on the KSO website because they were like, just look up something that you would look up. I was like, well, shit, I'm like, all right, say no more. And I pulled straight up K-State online. Let's do it. It's <laughs> definitely, but, I mean, yeah, that's like muscle memory when I open my computer. It's just type in K-State online. It literally is. Like, there's only me. like four sites that I go to, and that's, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, that Matt Hall guy is gosh darn good at his job, as he'd like to say. He's going to be pretty happy hearing that, yeah. Gosh darn. Uh, gosh it. darn. Oh, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt's awesome. So uh, what was your reaction when it finally came down that Snyder was going to retire the second time, and what was the initial reaction to being uh, Coach Kleiman being hired? You know, when you know when Coach Snyder decided, I mean, it was time, bro. Like, look, we appreciate, it's very appreciated. Like, you know, much respect to Coach Snyder. Like I said, I have no ill will towards, you know, Coach Snyder. I'm just, like, I'm just, you know, I don't walk on eggshells around people. And, you know, a lot of people do. And it's like, okay, well, if nobody else is going to say these, and I think that's why I got such a bad, you know, reaction in KSO Webster, because I was saying I was going against the grain of what people would do normally when it comes to coach Snyder and then it's credible, you know, so it's kind of like even a double whammy. And so, and the things that I was talking about kind of started playing themselves out during the 2018 season. It's like, I told y'all this was going to happen, but, but, you know, so it, it was just time, bro. And it's, it's like, coach, it's, it's just time, man. Like the game and what's going on in college football, like we just haven't adapted to it. And not only that, you know, kids are starting to leave our program at, a, at an alarming rate and it's just time. And so when a coach climate coming in, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. You know, this guy's a winner, right? People want to talk about, you know, he's been in a lower division, a lower level. Like the man is part of seven championships at that level. I, I've been to two games since 2013 i've been to uh, the oklahoma game in 2015 where we got stomped out 55 to zero and yeah oh god and i went to a game in 2013 when one north dakota state came trolling into uh to kansas manhattan kansas and a team that was decoordinated by our new head coach beat us that day like they beat us i watched north dakota state beat us and that shouldn't have happened, but it did. And now we have a coach that was on that staff that was, you know, responsible for that. And he knows how to win. So if you can bring that DNA with you, 
and it can translate, which, you know, we all, we don't know yet if it can, but you know, he can coach. It's like, if you can win that many championships, I don't care what level of football you're at. That shit is hard and it's to do it repeatedly. So if that can translate over, oh, we're going to be straight. We're going to be good. Well, we need to get 11 listings in Bosco's boys tailgate, little hybrid tailgates. We can get you back to a game, man. That would be dope. (laughs) That would be great. I might go to one this year. Ian, um, Ian Campbell has reached out to me a few times, and uh, we're probably going to go out there and hit up Colbert because like, Colbert is like a golf course I really, really want to play at. I feel like it's only right. So uh, definitely going to hit up a game this I year. I would totally play with you. I have not played Colbert either. So yeah, I've been like, meaning to, but it just, just hasn't happened. I'm going to jump back on climbing, though. So what is one thing that you're most happy about with the climbing era, and what's something you're still cautious about? <clears throat> you know, he hit the ground running. Uh, you know, he's rebuilding a lot of relationships that have been, you know, dormant for years. It's because, you know, with coaches, staffs and, and things like that, as far as recruiting, like it's going to be it's an uphill battle because like we just didn't have a good relationship on a recruiting trail with our previous staff. It is what it is. So, you know, the fact that he's rebuilding those relationships and, you know, he's he's you could tell these kids are having fun again, like, you know, when I literally still to this day, sometimes when I see these videos be posted, it's kind of like a PTSD. I'm like, oh, shit. I, but I can't I forget. I remember like Coach Snyder isn't there anymore. I was like, oh, damn, like these dudes better delete this shit. They're about to get in trouble. Like, what are y'all doing? You know, and it's like, oh, wow. Whew, new coach, new coach. Like, oof. you know, so these kids and like, they're, they're kind of, you know, you know, getting the marketing and stuff back out there. But, you know, as far as what you're, you know, like would you say as far as like what I'm kind of weary about? Um, What's your concern? Do you have a concern about him? I mean, not really. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's going to take time to, to get your footing, especially in a, in a new job and a new gig. It's going to take wins. It's going to take, take production. And, you know, as far as right now with the recruiting, we have what 18 recruits right now committed and, you know, and it's dope as hell because, you know, we're getting guys we want early in like, and previous recruiting cycles, we would always wait. We'd have, we probably have three commits right now. You know, last year, if the we would have probably three to four commits right now for our old staff is here. And, and then, and late in the game, that's when you start trying to reach for kids. And now you're getting kids who pick K State because their options one, two, and three fell through that they've been talking to for the last seven months. And oh, okay, well they're, you know, they they've already they've picked other kids in my position, but here's this K State, so I'll just go there. So you're not getting kids who are kind of who are really buying into what's going on. They're just picking K State because it's their last option. And then you see, it doesn't really last long because most of these kids end up leaving. You know, so it's like right. there's there's a reason why there's an attrition rate because most of the kids we get we get late, so they don't really give a shit. You know what I mean? They weren't really invested in us to begin with. They got here. They got offered with a month left in the cycle and said, fuck it, I'll go here. And then you wonder why they leave because they weren't invested. So the kids we're getting now are invested and, right. and, you know, it'll start picking up, you know, once we start getting wins, you know, and, and things like that. So it is what it is. It's still early. And, you know, like I said, until the product on the field is shown, you can't, you who can say anything bad, like from what we're doing now, it's like, shit, this is a breath of fresh air. Absolutely. I mean, from from like a recruiting standpoint, what what the staff has done seems pretty much par for the course for other like actual programs that are in tune and up to date with like recruiting. But it has been an absolute breath of, breath of fresh air, and I've been super impressed with what Climate has done so far. So at yeah. least we're changing those recruiting patterns. 
that part. You know, like I said, and people are like, oh, my God, this is so different. I'm like, this is what every university that is trying to compete for championships do. Like, we're just like three or four years behind. Like, we're three to four years behind right now. You know, like the fact that Iowa State is like, you know, over, you know, we're, we're losing, you know, like that shouldn't like shit like that to me. No disrespect to Iowa State. It is what it is. But no, my, disrespect them all you want. We like, hate them. I, that should never like we are like with our track record of wins and just with our winning track record, how where we are right now as a university is not okay. And the bad thing about it was it was self-inflicted. And it's like, it's, and then, you know, you have fans who think, oh, well, it's where we are, this, that, and the third. No, like, we didn't even try. Like, I literally have a kid out here who's been recruited by these dudes and have not heard from this team in a year and a half. Like, we don't even fucking try. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and that's what just didn't sit well with me. And that's why I kind of started going off and shit, so... <laughs> and so, but like, it's we're we're gonna start picking it up, you know. It's like I said, Coach Kleiman will start picking it up, and we're gonna we're gonna get some wins, and you know, get this thing turned around. So before we uh, change the subject away from football, I do want to get one big prediction for you for uh, for the 2019 season. If gun to your head, you had to pick a win loss total for this season, where are you currently sitting at? Ooh, ah, gun to my head, huh? Like, you know, I look at it's 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 an open conference, so to speak. Not really at the top, you know, you're gonna have your Oklahoma and Texas that are still, you know, doing their thing or whatever, but Baylor not really sold, you know, TCU, you know, they have what, three hundred quarterbacks over there trying to, you know, compete for one spot. So they have a, a carousel going and and just other schools that we play, you know, Iowa State is ah, whew, still not trying to you know, it's like, uh nah, I can't, I just can't, you know. So a six and six t- season right now. I really, you know, if we can, I really, you know, if we can break, if we can go 500, I really think that's, you know, a possibility because, you know, pop, people probably didn't give us a, uh, a chance, uh, think we were going to do something like that. And we end up seven and six, you know, seven and five in regular season. So, but our roster was a little different, you know, than the one that Bill left this time. Like we actually had some deeper, we had a deeper roster at that point, but it's just, but knowing the landscape of the, our conference and if, you know, if we can get past those first two games and like, I really feel like we could, should be able to win four games out of the last 10, you know? So it's like, like that's so six and six, I believe is, is where we can get to. All right. So drum roll. Now the reason that everyone's been waiting for, you know, a nationwide hell, you're probably an international household name. <laughs> For a brand new demographic, you're one of the new stars in VH1's newest and hottest reality TV shows, Love and Listings. First of all, how did you get into real estate, and then how did you end up, you know, getting your own show? And uh, so I got into real estate, you know, being, you know, in the NFL. Now you're around all these wealthy individuals. You start going to their properties, and you're like, wow, like this is crazy. And I remember going to, uh, excuse me, um, Mario Williams. He had a monstrosity of a property in Houston. I remember going there this one day. It was like, yo, how did you find it? Because, like, you know, our time is very constricted. So, like, I'm sitting there. It's like, we don't have a lot of time to do things. How did you find this? And, you know, and, it, and that was in 2008 or yeah, seven or eight. And then it just kind of piqued my interest. And it's just something I stuck with over my career. Did, like, an internship before. And and just I'm from California. And uh, it just made sense because over the years I started noticing, you know, since my brother lived out here in the uh, in the south, in um, 
in Southern California, I would come out here and I noticed a lot of my teammates would come out here to train or things like that in the off season. I'm like, well, shit, I can get my real estate license and I can be the guy that, you know, helps these guys get their properties because I, I, I know what they're looking for. And then, so it kind of just opened up to when I got my license, Joe Hayden reached out to me, uh, wanted a property and I sold him a house for $4.3 million, like seven months into being, having a real, having my, having my license. And that kind of just propelled me up, but getting on the show, like this, it's been a process. It's been, it was, it's been like, this has been a long process to get to this point. It's been like a, a few years, but I kind of, it kind of just fell in my lap. Um, Ty, the guy with the, that created it, he came to me, like I've been on this process since day one. Like he came to me day one and was like, Hey, I have this idea for the show. Um, you know, you're a former NFL player, good looking guy, you're single, blase, blase. Would you enjoy, would you want to do this? And then we, I said, yeah. And, it just kind of started growing from there, and then VH1 picked up our a pilot, and then shit just started growing, and then and here we are today. So, like I've I've been on this for day one. It's been a, it's been a long time, a few years coming, but we're here now, and I'm excited about it. So when this releases, it'll be after the first two episodes have already aired, and again, uh, you can catch on VH1 Mondays 8 p.m. out here Central Time Zone. So what can folks expect from you for the remainder of this season? Oh, this, <laughs> like I, I'm a, I'm, I'm kind of like the glue that keeps people together on this show. Like trying to keep, you know, because when the drama starts getting out of hand, I'm the guy that kind of like reels everybody back in to see the bigger picture. Like, Hey, all right, look, everything's are starting to get out of hand now. Let's, let's calm down. Let's, let's go do, you know, let's, let's relax. But it, it's, um, you know, my business content, you know, these clients I have on my show are actually my clients. I actually sold them houses. You know, Roger Saffo just closed on a house with him for him for $3.88 million about two and a half, three months ago. Uh, and like I said, Joe Hayden, who's going to be on the show, the house we're in, I actually sold to him. And, you know, so it is, uh, you know, James Anderson is a friend of mine who, you know, if he was, he just kind of recently moved, I believe. But uh, if he was out here looking for properties again, I would be selling him a house, you know. So it's like these clients are actually my clients. And, uh, and, it's, and it's cool. There's a few one-liners, though. I'm going I'm to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get <laughs> flamed. Uh, there's a, I have my share of drama with Samantha, my ex on the show we have we have our moments <laughs> i have to watch. i'm gonna watch the show 100 <laughs> percent. well oh, I, i'm just gonna say this the preview for episode two at the end of episode one i was like oh no our guy zach he's gonna find himself in a little bit of trouble <laughs> dude it's oh man because she like you gotta understand i was i was actually in a relationship like katrina katrina and i were in an actual relationship during this show and while filming, you know, Samantha, you know, so now I'm stuck in this, 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 this inner, this twine between, okay, my, I, this ex to we're in the same business that I still work around and my current girlfriend who isn't really liking that, you know, and I have an ex who knows that and kind of fed into that narrative and it just low key. So there's only so much you could take, you know, and before you blow up and, oh, there's a moment, you're going to see it. <laughs> it there's only so much and, and you're going to see it, it gets there. <laughs> Off the cuff, um, how how much like what percentage of those shows are like produced? You man, I mean? look, our show is our our storylines are real. Like it's like my what I'm going through really happened. I I really dated Samantha back in the day. I was really so my storyline is pretty 
it's pretty real. And, you know, everybody else, what they're going through is, is real to what was going on, you know, at the time. So it's, it's not really, if it's produced, it's, it's, it comes produced because after a scene, if something crazy happens, okay, now we have to go to another scene and kind of like maybe talk about it. So it's like, oh, okay. Right. But you know what I mean? So, but it's all like, it's nothing, this isn't scripted. Right? Everything you hear is like, you know, we pull up, they kind of give us a breakdown of what, you know, oh man, you sh- it was crazy. And then you just, you go in there with a camera on and you're like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> if one of your uh, former K-State teams was going to go into reality TV, who do you think it would be and what would the show be? Oh man, one of my former teammates. Oh, who would it be, man? But also, how about, this? how about this? If you and Reggie had a show together, what would it be? Oh, shit. I wouldn't even, I don't even, oh man. Oh God, because Reggie and I, I haven't spoke to him in a while, so it's like I wouldn't, you know, it's. I would watch I that show know. religiously, whatever it was. <laughs> it would be interesting, I tell you that much. It would, be, it would, it would be, it would be a lot going on, but I wouldn't even know, man. I just kind of take it in stride. Everything just, that just happens, man. At this point in my life, I just, I just kind of just take it in stride and go with it. Um, but as far as like another teammate to be on, I shit. Uh, I don't know, man. Like we didn't have, I mean, you know, Chris Carney. So Chris Carney's out here in LA. He and I hang out like all the time. You know, that's my that's my little brother. So, like, I think you know because he's into that acting thing now. Now he's been out here doing his acting modeling. So I think you know if anybody else was to get a show, it would probably be uh, be him because he's on his, he's on the verge to doing that anyway. Well, we'll have to keep a lookout for him doing that uh, again. We want to tell all the heads to catch you on Love and Lessings VH1. Like I said, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I watch it over my lunch break at my mysterious day job in the office, <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. Uh, I, I can't rec- recommend it enough. Uh, the first two episodes will be up on VH1.com. But before we, go, we want to give you the platform to talk to the Boneheads and the K-State fans listening, you can tell them whatever you want to wrap up the show. No, I mean, it's just, look, I appreciate the support, and, uh, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, K-State is very near and dear to my heart. It's a place where, you know, I, I absolutely love that place, you know, and and as far as, you know, loving listings, I want everybody, I hope just everybody watches the show and enjoys it and and just understands, you know, what we're trying to get out of it and just opening up a new, you know, a new lane and everything like that, because it's, it's a dope content. It's dope. It's a dope. It's a dope show. I really, really I really like it, and I'm not one person that's gonna like. If it was if it was trash, I would say it. But I really think like this show is going to be dope as hell, and it's going to continue to progress and get a lot better. So it's going to be something you're going to want to watch and, and tune into and watch watch the growth. I'm gonna have to watch the first episode tonight after this, for sure. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Zach, that, right. man, was, that was a lot of fun. Um, no problem, you're, bro. You're definitely an entertainer. I just try, I just try to keep it real a little bit, you know. I just keep it one hundred. Boneheads, you can find Zach Dials on Twitter at Zach Dials, Z A C D I L E S. Give him a follow. Go watch his TV show. That's all I say. Appreciate you. All right. Love you, Zach, and love you all, the Boneheads. Uh, everyone, keep enjoying the three episodes a week. We're gonna keep rolling like this all the way through football season. What's that? Love y'all too, man. Let's get it. Meet me at the Cathead. Oh, that's <laughs> no, I don't. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, 
Got to roll the dice, that's why All my life, I been grinding all my life Look, I'm married to this gang That's who I made my wife Said I'd die alone, I told that bitch she probably right One thing that's for sure, not a stranger to this life Got a safe that's full of Franklin's And a shoulder full of stripes I don't know a nigga like myself I say self-made, meaning I designed myself County jail fade, you can pull my foul yourself Spot rage, swallow rocks, I'm getting high myself Nah, damn right I like the life I built I'm from West Side 60, shit I might got killed Standing so tall they think I might got stills Legendary baller like Mike, like Will 96 Impala, thug life on wheels Up against the wall, squabble at Fox Hills Like a motherfucking boss, ask me how I feel Successful street nigga touching them first meals all my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle pay the price Wanna slice, got to roll the dice That's why, all my life, I been grinding all my life Look, all my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle pay the price Wanna slice, got to roll the dice That's why, all my life, I been grinding all my life Look, I got everything I said I was gonna get On my kid, in addition to that fact I went legit I'm the shit now according to the way that I'm positioned in this biz, it look like I'm just gonna keep on getting rich. Ah, know that West Side RSCs is us. LAPD on my dick, I'ma squeeze and bust. If a rap nigga diss, switch cheese and bust. All this rap money, nigga, look, I need too much. Money, loyalty, and love in the dream we trust. You'll be switching up the players on your team too much. Tiny copy, that's my low, Young Supreme, what's up? And we travel around the world getting cream or what? Ain't you get off on whoever hustles seem to brush? Las Vegas strip pop, yeah, you creamed them punks. After all that looking tough, all he seen was stumps. 50 Cent and Mayweather flee the scene with us. Chose story. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle pay the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. Hustle pay the price, wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, look. Sports Social Podcast Network.